The DOJ says vaccine mandates are A-OK in the workplace. But with states pushing back, where does their authority come from? Especially since the vaccines are not yet fully approved by the FDA. Natalie Fluker and Bob Samandel from the law firm of Von Breesen and Roper join us. I'm Lawrence Clitty, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, listeners. It's great being here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a lot to cover on our show today, but first, we need to thank our sponsor, Noda. Noda is powered by MT Bank because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. How true. Take advantage of Noda, a no cost IELTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Visit trustnota.com forward slash legal to learn more. And that's Noda spelled N O T A. And remember, terms and conditions may apply. All right, say hello to our guests. We have Natalie Fluker and Bob Samandel from the law firm. From Avon Breeson and Roper. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's start with the bona fides. You have the two of you on here, but uh, tell us about the work you do at your firm. And so, Natalie, we reached out to you first. So, ladies first. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a first year associate at Bond Breeson and Roper. Um, I do employment, real estate, and some government work as well. Excellent, excellent. How about you, Bob? I chair the employee benefits section of the employment and benefits section uh, for the firm. I've been doing this somewhere in the range of 35 years. Uh, my practice is primarily employment and benefit related issues. And special thanks to Bob for uh, getting roped into our episode here at the last minute. So thanks for being a good sport on that and working through our sound check. So anyway, uh, Natalie and Bob, I wanted to talk about this article that your firm put out here in the National Law Review. And I think, Natalie, you're one of the co-authors of it. It was titled, U.S. Department of Justice Gives Go-Ahead to Mandatory COVID-19 Vaccines in the Workplace. So I guess my opening question is, um, this is based on a Department of Justice opinion. And in it, they said an employer who wants to enforce a vaccine mandate can. So I guess the first question is, can they? And then is anybody going to be exempt from that? Yeah, so just stepping it back a little bit. So the DLJ appoint, uh, opinion was really, really focusing on a specific part of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, um, specifically with emergency use authorization. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind, that this isn't um, an opinion overall about vaccines in the workplace covering any other type of statutes or anything like that. So in this particular case and what they're talking about, they're basically telling us that there's nothing restricting you from doing it. So there's no law that's saying, go ahead, everyone mandate. They're just letting us know that as far as the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act and an emergency use authorization under that act, that it is okay for employers to apply a mandate to the workplace because this is a term and condition of work. It's just like having to show up on time, having to wear a certain uniform. This is part of your job. And if you wish to have your job, you know, you have to get vaccinated. What I want to ask you about, uh, because, you know, the, the these vaccines do not yet have their full FDA approval. So I want to ask about that in a second. But you did mention that there's some carve outs here if you have a sincere religious belief or you have some kind of disability that prevents you from getting these vaccines. Employers are to create reasonable accommodations. What are some examples of reasonable accommodations here? Yes. So reasonable accommodations may be things that you already see going on. That could have to do with masking. It had, could have to do with barriers, um, spacing employees further apart from each other. It's coming up with reasonable ways to protect the person 
who to provide an accommodation for them. And it's really workplace specific. You know, it's going to look different from a factory with a line of employees stacked on top of each other than it would for an office where everyone's kind of isolated by themselves. Now, the, the FDA uh, not yet granting full approval to these vaccines, you know, in my book kind of puts a little bit of a, a crimp in this. And so, you know, where, where is that authority to mandate to your employees, hey, there's this pseudo experimental vaccines? And I know the vaccines are good, but, you know, they don't have that full seal of approval yet. So where does that authority come from? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the authority, the emergency use authorization is the authority. This actually has happened before, just not on as large of a scale and impacting as many people. There's emergency use authorizations on all types of medical products, vaccinations, and when an emergency use authorization is put out, it allows organizations, hospitals, whoever is using that product to use it in a state where they need to save lives. So this really, it's a unique situation in that COVID is unique for us. We haven't quite had a big impact like this. But one thing that people don't know, a lot of ventilators, when they first started during um, the pandemic, splitting ventilators to use for two people, that received an emergency use authorization um, because it was to save lives because there was a lack of ventilators. So this is a little bit more common than we think. Um, It's just that we've never seen it on this scale before. Well, and and speaking of states, you know, uh, there are some states out there that are pushing back against mandates, you know, whether it's a vaccine uh, mandate or a mask mandate. Uh, Some states are going uh, writing different laws and trying to prevent those mandates. But to that degree, you know, if a state forbids vaccine mandates in the workplace, can the federal government override them? So I think I'll let um, Bob take over this question. Sure. The states are able to establish mandates that uh, may be inconsistent with the federal obligations that may be out there. We've seen that in a number of different things, particularly in Wisconsin, the the issue associated with marital status discrimination. States can establish prohibitions, and as you, uh, you allude to, as of this point in time, nine states have in fact enacted prohibitions on vaccine mandates. But we're seeing the other side of the coin now, where healthcare workers in 11 states as of yesterday have mandates to receive the vaccination. While the federal government may be a bit slow to react on some of these issues, the states are in fact out in front of this and they are taking contrary positions to one another. Ultimately, the decision does lie with the state in enacting legislation that impacts specifically its citizenry. Now, I recognize by the numbers, you know, these vaccines are safe. And, uh, you know, I I definitely recommend anybody that feels that they're at risk for COVID get one. But I do understand that, you know, if something doesn't have that full FDA seal of approval, I do understand the hesitancy there. And so I guess, you know, if someone out there, they're a little worried about this, say they've had some difficulties with vaccines in the past, you know, uh, they don't have that bona fide religious exemption. They don't have a technical disability. You know, what can they do not to fall under, I guess, an employer's acts if they just simply don't trust this uh, vaccine until it gets approval. At this point in time, the for the, our recommendation to employers and employees alike is that they need to sit down and talk to one another. The employer policy is going to prevail. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has come out and made very clear that mandating of the vaccine does not constitute a violation of the Fair Employment Statutes. 
So they try to talk it through. They try to find a way to meet at a middle ground. But if they're not, the employer does have the right to say, this is a term and condition of employment, and I expect you to comply with it. Well, let's build on that hypo a little bit. So let's say the employee says, all right, you know, I'm going to trust it just this one time. You know, I've read some good things about these vaccines. They go ahead and get the vaccine. And then all of a sudden they get side effects from that that are pretty severe. Now, can they sue the employer who basically forced them to get it? Well, Lauren, that's really a good question because that is an area which is uh, developing rather quickly. The position being taken by a great number of practitioners at this point in time is that the, uh, if the employer is mandating the vaccination that and somebody becomes ill as a result of it, that is a work-related injury. And the time away from work would qualify for benefits under the workers' compensation laws of the particular state. Now, many of us think about that, okay, there's a, a two-week exposure, there's a seven-day waiting period, so they're going to be eligible for one week of total disability benefit for, as a result of the vaccination. That's true. But the other side of it is that we are seeing some of the reactions to the vaccination being more significant. And if it does result in a more significant illness where there is some sort of infections or other types of situations which are linked back to the vaccination, that workers' compensation responsibility may very well extend out past the total temporary benefits which may be available under state law as a short-term solution. Okay. So last question, and I'm kind of, I'm still building on this hype, but we're going to turn it just a little bit and take the employer's point of view here. And so right there, there's some liability if somebody gets sick from taking the COVID vaccine, but uh, you know, the employer is also technically probably liable if somebody gets sick because they didn't take the vaccine. So whether it's an employee or a customer that comes in, you know, the customer is made sick by maybe someone at the workplace, they can get sued for that too. So they're kind of between a rock and a hard place. So what are you recommending employers out there due to, to maintain a safe workplace and, and also try not to get sued. That's never a good thing for an employer. Right. The OSHA considerations associated with the vaccination or not vaccination is something to consider. My recommendation to employers is number one, set your OSHA requirements. Do some training with your supervisors. Make sure that they understand and identify what the uh, uh, occurrence of an illness in the workplace may look like, what the symptoms are, what to do if there is somebody who's ill, if somebody is ill, that we remove them from the work environment. We do any type of contract tracing that we need to take care of. We do the workplace uh, remediation, cleaning that may be necessary and associated with that. Individuals who may have been exposed may be eligible for workers' compensation benefits. We report those through to our workers' comp carrier. And we move forward with a cohesive plan, which demonstrates our efforts to create a a safe workplace for the employer. Well, Natalie and Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed talking with both of you. Well, thank you very much. And thank you listeners for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And also, also one more thank you to our sponsor, Noda. You can find them at trustnoda.com forward slash legal. And that's Noda spelled N-O-T-A. And last but never, ever least, thank you to our team, producer Molly McDonough and our LT and audio crew for all their hard work. It's been Legal Talk today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 